Yeah, the NBA season's almost here. A special Outkick of Bets podcast investigation uncovered that the regular season actually starts Tuesday, October 24th. We're recording this podcast Tuesday, October 17th. I got my fellow NBA handicapper David Troy here with me to help break down the Eastern Conference today. David and I are going to hit the Western Conference in a few days then circle back next week to talk about opening night and give out our picks to win the championship and player awards. David, thank you so much for hopping on Zoom with uh, me. Happy to. <clears throat> happy to. Happy to be here. Always love talking hoops with you and looking forward to another season. Uh, last year was not my favorite season in the world, but uh, playoffs were great. And uh, I'm, I'm intrigued with, with what the league has this year. They got new rules in place and they got new uh, superstars on different teams. So it should be a good one. I'm, I'm always pumped up for opening night. The brutalness of the NFL season the past couple of weeks and the MLB postseason has completely erased my memory of just how <laughs> terrible the NBA was for me <laughs> from like December to March. I got, I think both of us got a lot of the money back that we lost in the regular season, the playoffs, but it was yeah. still, it was still a, probably my worst year betting basketball yeah it was it was ugly for a lot of reasons um even not even including betting like those games they kind of sucked i mean the the players disinterest was like at an all-time high for me Yep. and the the unpredictability of certain things was just it was too much like it was just illogical so yeah and you come, come past it like you talk, like you already mentioned, the NBA is creating rules to try to get their fifty million dollar per year players to just want to play. Yeah, <laughs> just just play a little bit, guys. Yeah, just you know, let's eighty two is unreasonable, even though we are going to charge season ticket holders for eighty two right. eighty two games. But like, can you do sixty five and you could still make the All NBA and maybe make sixty seventy million per year? Can you do that? And yeah. the NBA union apparently agreed to, all right, we'll do 65. There's some stipulations, though, so yeah. we don't have to necessarily hit 65 games. I think yeah. I don't have any hope in that. I will say, as a, as, a, as a fan, I'm at least excited that the NBA's trying. Like, yeah. give me that much. Okay. And the other thing that I'm very start. excited about them trying to fix is the flopping. I don't know how much either are going to work. I think the flopping with with technicals could actually work, but those are two of like the biggest issues with the NBA that at least they're aware of. And I can I, and I I can go into the season being more optimistic than last season. Was the flopping or technical for flopping was that in college last year or not? No, I don't, I don't believe so. No. Okay. I thought I heard them trying it out somewhere. I didn't know if it was college, the G League, or something else. Do you remember the NF or the NBA like tweaked its offici- officiating for the first month two years ago, where they oh, okay. stopped calling so many so many touch fouls, and they wouldn't give the offensive players initiating the contact and flailing the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if uh-huh. you remember this, but the first like month or two. Of the NBA season two years ago was one of the better products that I've seen in a long time, and then the the players started whining about it, and the 
the officiating tweaked their rules back to how originally or how it was, I guess, in the peak flopping era. But it, it, I, I guess what I'm saying is it is possible to save this game still and save this sport. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. You know, like a lot of the manipulating is really just like, hey, if they're going to let me get away with it, it's going to help me make more money and help me score points. Like, I'll do it. And like, right. From that perspective, it's really hard to 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 knock the players or to get mad at the players if you know it's like, hey, you know, we got to do whatever we can to get in a competitive advantage, both for our teams and for our contracts. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they take advantage of whatever they can, uh, whatever edge they can get. So. I didn't mean to start this Eastern Conference preview off on a pity party, so my apologies on that. Um, <laughs> I plan on turning around the regular season gambling and, and taking the momentum that I uh, started to pick up in the postseason and, and parlaying that into this year. Um, I don't have really anything to talk about regarding the in-season tournament. I don't I don't know. We'll fig- we'll figure it out. We'll we'll see if it's worth it or anything. I mean, at best, I don't think it makes much of a difference to the overall product. Um, or at worst, I guess at best, hey, maybe it's something cool. I I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna just go through the Eastern Conference, go through the teams based on the order of their uh, regular season win projections. And we're going to riff. So let's start with the Boston Celtics. Um, their regular season win total is 55 and a half. Last year, these fools went 57 and 25. Um, in a year that started off a little clunky because they had to get rid of their coach a few weeks before the, re- uh, the season started. But they remained one of the best teams in the N- N- NBA. They were, I think, first and... NBA are a net rating. So obviously the big story is their upgrades. Um, getting Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis moving off of uh, Marcus Smart, who is offensively stunted, and Robert Williams, who was always injured. I'm high on this Boston Celtics team. Um, when they got Drew Holiday, I was pessimistic that I mattered that much. Then I dug into the numbers, and he's better than Marcus Smart in every single way. So mm-hmm. it's I guess I guess it's chalky by definition, but I I would go over this fifty five and a half win total. Yeah, I um, I agree with you. To be honest, uh, th- this is the thing. So I have one big hang up on this, and uh, I would say my second favorite podcast behind yours is uh, JJ Reddick's podcast, and he had uh, the Celtics head coach on Joe Mazzulla. And Missoula was talking about playoffs and seeding and how important it was to him to get the number one seed. And oh, yeah. He spe- yeah, he specifically said about how important it was last season to have this number one seed and all this stuff. And then he said that he now realizes that that number one seed doesn't mean anything and it isn't important to do. And I'm paraphrasing. I mean, he, he may not have had as strong of words there. But that gives me a little bit of concern for this. And the reason is because I am I'm slightly concerned that they're going to kind of take the foot off the gas, maybe late in the season, maybe a little bit earlier, just because all they want to do is probably win the division and, and they don't really care about much else. 54, 55 wins will probably win the division. This team is capable of winning a lot. They're deep. 
they have a great starting lineup. Kristaps Porzingis is going to be injured at some point. Um, you know, there are going to be some stretches or games where you're like, is, is this the Celtics or is it somebody else? But <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm with you. If I play it at all, it's going to be over 55 and a half. Um, but I, I do have a little bit of concern there. Yeah, you make a good point. And I think the Miami Heat to run to the NBA Finals kind of... Um, That's what he mentioned. Yeah. That's what Missoula mentioned. It like diminishes the importance of the regular season for yep. a lot of these teams that like the Boston Celtics, like the Bucks, who just feel like, hey, all, all we need to do is win in the regular or in the postseason, which they're correct about. I, I I do think the idea of a home court not mattering so much because Boston lost at home in game seven of that Eastern Conference Finals is frankly stupid. Um, and I think the other point that part of the point that kind of gave me an idea um, about just Joe Missoula is just like even talking about that stuff, it just sounds off base. It sounds stupid in the first place. I'm yeah. with you on, on Porzingis probably getting injured, but I do think he's going to be motivated to be on a team that's close to the title, winning a title. And they're going to, like, he's going to be relied upon to be an all star and counted on. Um, you think so? I, that, that's the other question I have with it. Does, I don't know much about Porzingis. You know, most of his career, like when he was with the Knicks, he was obviously a superstar. And everybody was talking about, you know, how he was like a unicorn. You'd never seen anything like him. Fine. He went to, I think it was Dallas after that, and he was injured most of the time, but never really progressed, never really did much for the team. Went to the Wizards, again, injured. It's not like he took him to the playoffs or something. Is he going to be a superstar here? Is he going to be an all-star? Is he going to be something other than, like, you know, a 15-8 and eight guy who just does some other stuff that he's never really been expected to do? He should have more open open shots and everything, but does he even care about winning and titles and stuff? I, I really have no clue. I, I think he is hmm. a bigger question mark than you're giving credit for, or you're, you're mentioning here. Maybe. Um, I don't mean <clears throat> from a production standpoint they're counting on him to be an all-star. I think they're hmm. counting on him to be, like, obviously the building block or of a, of a championship team. And I just think having that kind of trust and expectation, it was going to motivate him, but yeah, you're right. I don't have any like additional insight on that. It's just a vibe that I have. And I also think the loss of in in the Eastern conference finals is, is embarrassing for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And they're, what are they? 26, 27, entering their prime like not even hitting their prime i've i'm kind of um i don't know i'm a little bit of a little bit of a detractor on on jason tatum but i still think he's a top 10 basketball player in the world and a possible mvp candidate and i think he will end up winning an nba title as the best player on his team at least one in his career i do think that's going to happen yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I think uh, Tatum for MVP is a good possibility this year. I think that, um, you know, it, I, I think it boils down a little bit for me, at least more towards uh, Jalen Brown and how much of a step he takes this year. But you're, you're talking about a team that lost in the NBA Finals, lost in the Eastern Conference Finals in back-to-back years. So there was a, all the potential in the world, and they got better. Yeah. So, And I hate this. But it is unfortunately the truth of the matter. 
the NBA, it's it's mostly three pointers, and yep. they're an amazing three point shooting team, an amazing defensive three point shooting team. I I looked at this, I thought it was interesting. They were, I think, bottom five in defensive turnover rate, um, but like top five in in de- in defensive three point percentage. So what that tells me is they don't gamble a lot for steals, and they just want to get back and defend threes, which is, again, in today's NBA, probably the 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 best strategy to have defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think like Derek White coming off the bench, their top six players are all three point shooters, right? If you, I don't know, yeah. I don't know if where Horford slides in there, but I consider him one of their top six players. Could be a starter, could be a six man, but either way, they got a five out lineup almost all the time. So. I don't know. It's going to make them – I think there are going to pile up wins, but that that tidbit that you picked up from Joe Mazzulla is pretty solid, dude. And that's why I love shooting the shit with you about basketball. You you pick up on these little situational things, especially in day-to-day handicapping that I don't, and I, I just need to – I just need to be around. I want to be your roommate. I want to be your roommate <laughs> so I can pick up on these type of things. Well, move on in. We'll move the dog. Beautiful. Uh, second team – um, the, the second, the highest uh, win total in the Eastern Conference is the Milwaukee Bucks. They traded for Dame Lillard. Uh, their over under is fifty four and a half. I'm sorry, Celtics. You you lean to the over, or you like the over? Um, I would call it a lean. I, w- I wouldn't say that's an official kind of play for me. Bucks fifty four and a half. Uh, last season they were. 58 and 24. I thought this was interesting on cleaningtheglass.com. Their Pythag win total was um 52. So, they got a little like fortunate when it comes to like point differential um and for fortunate by six games actually, but of course they again they picked up Dame Lillard, so that's the big um a boost uh, theoretically to their half court offense. At least that's the idea. They cha- changed coaches. They got rid of Mike Budenholzer. What do you? How do you feel about this team? I think it'd be very hard for them to not win fifty five games. Hmm. <clears throat> I uh, and I, I'll say this because I think Lillard is finally on a team that that is expected to win. I mean, I guess. He's been on some of his earlier Portland teams, but he's got to be reinvigorated. He's already been talking about how much he loves playing with Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo has been talking about how much he loves playing with Lillard. And you don't even factor in Middleton. Brooke Lopez is solid on defense. Malik Beasley, Pat Connaughton, Cameron Payne coming off the bench is pretty big. Bobby Portis off the bench. Jay Crowder off the bench. I mean, Payne started a ton of games last year for the Suns. Um, Crowder started a ton of games for the Suns two years ago, and Bobby Portis could arguably be a starter elsewhere. So you're talking about three guys who could be starters on your bench. They're pretty deep. They're better than expected. And last year they didn't even have Middleton for most of the season, and I I don't know how many games Giannis played, um, but I know it wasn't the full season. No. He played sixty three, played sixty three games, and they won fifty eight games last year. Drew Holiday is not is not worth that many to the to the win total. So 
Yeah, it, I think it'd be very hard for them to not win 55 games. Yeah, I lean under here, uh, under the 54 and a half. They've went under in two of the last three seasons, which includes their title season. Middleton's effective field goal percentage has fallen each of the past four seasons. He's on the wrong side of 30. And, you know, his his offense is just, it's all mid-game for the most part. And it's kind of ISO mid-game, which pretty much what, what, you know, ISO offense is what Dame Lillard's going to do. That's kind of what Giannis does. And that's my other thing is, I don't think Dame Lillard's going to help Milwaukee's off half court offense as much as everyone thinks, or a lot of the market thinks it will. He will, excuse me. Like if you looked at those Portland teams, they were bottom five in assists, like every year he was there. And you could say, well, he didn't have a lot of talent around him. And I, I mean, I think you remember this. I love Dame Lillard. Like I really do. I, I'm a big fan of of his game. But like. He is just an ISO player. Like, he doesn't really get other people involved, and he's more looking to get his. It, it could work. You know, like, I, again, I, I love Dame Lillard, but I think the way it works is, like, Giannis is mad that Embiid won the MVP last year, Jokic won the last two, and he's kind of getting lost in the shuffle. And it's like he needs to reclaim his spot as as the, the king of the hill in the NBA. That, to me, is, like, the most reasonable path to success for Milwaukee in terms of hitting this over under. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I could see maybe an argument for it not gelling right away as, as one of the reasons it doesn't hit. That's a, um, that's a good call too. But I would, I, I think Middleton's going to have more open shots than he's ever had in his entire career. I mean, he's played with Giannis for, I, I would guess this, equal amount of time, but um, you have to assume that, you know, the pick and roll between Giannis and Dame is going to be virtually unstoppable to me. I, I, I don't know how you're going to be able to really defend that. And I, I don't think the Bucks the Bucks obviously lost something big with Holiday, but I do think Lillard's offense will make up for the difference in Holiday's offense. Um, and I, I think it'll be a net positive against the the loss on defense from Holiday to Lillard. So I I like the over, but I understand why you you would uh, lean towards the under or maybe even play it. Also, they got rid of Coach Budenholzer, who has his issues, I guess, um, but he's a phenomenal regular season coach, always has been. And as dumb as this might sound, karma is an MFer. And karma's going to get this team. They deserve to burn in hell for firing Coach Buttonholzer like two days after his brother died in a car accident. And I think they lost because Giannis missed 13 free throws in a closeout game. I mean, you want Buttonholzer to shoot the free throws? I know he would make those. I don't disagree with you. I didn't realize they fired him right after his uh, brother died. But you can't say he didn't fuck up that last like oh, sorry, I don't know if I could say that but um, his uh, that last like five minutes or whatever it was especially the last play of over overtime was it overtime or was it regular either way whatever the last play where Grayson Allen ended up taking some random shot that cost them the season that was that was the coach's fault they had a timeout they didn't call it they they messed up 
Yeah, I guess. I don't think he should have been fired for that, especially given, you know, the title that they won with him as the coach and the fact sure. that Giannis just can't hit free throws. But, hey, <laughs> we don't have to continue to fight about this. Also, well, my last point, though, if if you're worried about the Boston Celtics taking their foot off the gas, why wouldn't you be – wouldn't the same concern – wouldn't you have the same concern for all the top teams, really? Like, why is this I one do, different? I do generally have the same concern, but um, just from watching the Bucks, I feel like they have less um, inexcusable losses. If you remember last year, the Celtics lost back-to-back games to the Magic, I think, at home. Um, and those are the losses that like you don't see Milwaukee take much of the time. And uh, they also have a new coach who I think – any new coach is always looking to try and establish themselves. And so I, I think that push to try and continuously win is there. But again, you know, part of that with the Celtics was about exactly what their coach said. So. I want to make this point in a couple of teams, but you remember, we, you just, you mentioned how many games Giannis missed. They actually won a lot of those games. And to it me, did. I put that on, but I, I, I think that is a credit to Budenholzer. Could be. Absolutely. I, I don't know. I know nothing about the the new head coach, Adrian Griffin. I think his name is. I nothing good or bad to say, but we'll see. Yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers have the third highest win total in the Eastern Conference at fifty and a half. They won fifty one games last year. They had a fifty five game Pythag, which I thought was interesting. They've went over in two of the last three seasons. They got just pimp smacked by the New York Knicks, my New York Knicks, in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs last year, which was. Awesome. Um, but they were second in net rating last season. I'm going over 15 and a half, dude. I am. I hate Donovan Mitchell. I do. I'm happy that the Knicks didn't. Actually, I'm not, I'm not going to take that back because I hate RJ Barrett too. Um, I'm not a fan of Donovan Mitchell, but I'm a big fan of Darius Garland. Darius Garland has improved each of his first three season, seasons, I believe. Evan Mobley. I think should improve as well. Jared Allen is still young and has room for growth. And Donovan Mitchell, I mean, he's in the prime of his career, or maybe approaching the prime of his career. I do think this is more of a regular season team, which is all we're talking about right now. I'm not sure if they win around in the playoffs. We'll see. But I think they're going to get over this number, dude. I'm not with you. Oh, uh, no. I, I'm not. <clears throat> can I still and sleep in the doghouse, though? Of course you can. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, I just don't think they've done anything in the offseason. What they had, Max Struess. But do they need to? I think they running it back works, too, in the NBA, especially if you got a bunch of young players. I I think you kind of do. Um, you know, you're talking about a team that won 51 games last year. What's the expectation? You said 50 and a half, right? 50 and a uh, half. Um, yeah, I, I think 50 is a a big number for a lot of these teams. But I don't think that them standing still with their team will allow them to beat some of these other ones that are expected to be a little bit better this year. So if we're talking about like kind of comparisons, I, I, I'm not convinced that um, they're going to be able to just – replicate last year's is basically what I'm looking at. Understood. They take, take a little step back. I'm not saying it won't be close. Um, and I'm not even saying to, to necessarily play the under, 
but I'm not playing the over. I, I don't think that they get to 51 again. Um, but at 48, 49, 50, I think is reasonable for him. It's just so do I have not you, something I'm happy. Do I have you leaning leaning under officially? Uh, no play at all for me. I'm not touching it. But if I had to pick a side, I'd take under three caps. Okay, that's I'm just trying to figure out like what your pick yeah. is, and if if you have if you're gonna like bet one of these, just, just tell us, right? Yeah, yeah, I like this. Yep. But all right, cool. Um, no, I like the idea that they're running it back. They had the best defense in the regular season last year, um, and I, you made a good point. I, I do think the Seventy Sixers lose more games. I think the Brooklyn Nets lose more games. I'm not high in the Hawks here, kind of spoiling what we're going to talk about here. So I do think teams are going to lose, and four teams won 50 games last year in the East, and I think Cleveland could be one of those teams to win 50 again. So we'll see, though. Fill it I, Ooh, just to throw it out there, if if uh, if anything that I were to bet on the um, Cavs, it would probably be just Evan Mobley to be defensive player of the year. Do you have yeah, the odds in front of you? Yeah, plus 600. He's the favorite, actually, with Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay. So, and he, I don't know if he was second last year or what, but I think there were a lot of people who were annoyed with uh, Jaron Jackson getting it last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mobley got it this year. Yeah. I think. I mean, I think Bam Adebayo is the best defensive player in the league, but Evan Mobley is right up there, and they had the best team defense. So I don't hate that look at all. 6-1 isn't bad. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers finished 54 and 28 last year, but they are expected to take a step back, at least according to the betting market, who's got them at 49 and a half projected wins. Um, I mean, obviously the big story with this team is James Harden, if what he's going to look like, if he's actually going to play on the team, what all that is. I mean, it makes it pretty hard to handicap this team right now. So I'm not expecting this to be a best bet either which way, but I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong or how how you're leaning. Yeah, uh, this would probably be another no play for me, um, mostly because it, you don't know who's going to be on the team. I mean, Harden has basically said he wants a trade, but he's also shown up for training camp and some other stuff, right? And uh, another one from J.J. Reddick's podcast, Tyrese Maxey was on there, and he was talking about how Harden came in and was very engaged, was playing tough, looked better than he has in years in terms of like weight and just overall demeanor. Um, If that's the case, if he's really like trying to start auditioning himself for another team, they could pick up some wins early. Um, If everything ends up, you know, winning tends to solve problems. So maybe that's something, but can you also count on Harden being there the whole year? Probably not. So no play whatsoever for me. I don't even have a lean one way or the other. Um, the only thing I would mention is I will not play Joel Embiid to win MVP. I know there's a history of you know the back-to-backs in the NBA and that kind of stuff. I'm not taking him. I don't advise to take him. I took him last year, and he obviously won. He will not win the MVP. Mark my words, he will not win it this year. I agree. I think everyone feels stupid by giving it to him instead of Jokic after the playoffs. So there's going to be like I, yeah. pushback based on that. I think they just wanted Embiid to shut up. And now he's got his MVP and he doesn't have to, you know, they don't have to vote for him anymore and don't have to feel bad about it. Yeah. 
I like the under in this one. They went th- uh, over their win total in three straight years under Doc Rivers. Um, and there was a few times that Embiid or James Harden would randomly get sat out or maybe some both of them. You remember us talking about this? And somehow the 76ers would win those games by like 15, 20 points. Like Doc mm-hmm. Rivers is just a regular season G, and he gets a lot out of his players in the regular season. Yeah, he screws up in the postseason, but again, that's not what we're talking about here. They A lot of people consider Nick Nurse an upgrade, and he might and it be in a couple of years or hell if the roster stays intact James Harden's James Harden gets excited about being on the team they can be better this year but i tend to think that he's just going to be a nuisance and not really you know be a a good actor i guess i think eventually they'll try to get rid of him and, and maybe be successful in that but i don't think they get anything in return like i think they get crap yeah. salary i mean they're looking looking at the clippers right so we're talking Marcus Morris. Westbrook? No, like Mar- uh, he doesn't have the contract needed to to trade him out. No, he doesn't. No, he's mm-hmm. getting paid like the vet minimum right now. Like I think they're going to need to get rid of like Marcus Morris, Nick Batum. Like I think the 76ers are going to ask for Norman Powell and I think the seven, uh, the Clippers are going to give him the middle finger. Uh, I don't I don't even know what they get for James Harden because his stats say one thing, but his attitude is completely different. So, um, I'm just looking at like Harden's production as just a loss for Philly, and Embiid never plays more than seventy. Never has never played seventy games. Um, so I do think he takes a step back as well. I love Tyrese Maxey, but I don't know. I think. Losses have to go somewhere in the East, and I think 76ers take a step back this year. Uh, I can see it. Let's go to the rep of the Eastern Conference um, in the NBA Finals last year. The Miami Heat, their over-under is 46.5 wins. They have gotten 46 wins just once since 2016-2017. Last year, they had 44 wins. Actually, won. Southeast Division, which didn't really matter because they needed to win a play-in game to make it into the playoffs. Um, obviously, they did, and then they eliminated the Bucks and history from there. So, uh, or it's history from there. But I'm not sure what to do with the Heat. I made so much money on them in the postseason. I love them. I love Heat culture. I'm a sucker. But I lean to the under. I lean to the under. What do you? How do you feel? We're back on one together. <laughs> I. I don't think that he'd even make the playoffs this year. And my tripping. number one, we are uh, not, we, num- we are not on the same page on this one. <clears throat> and my number one reason is I, I love Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler even showed up this year as an emo guy because he was in his emotions. Butler is not going to be happy this year that he didn't get to play with Damian Lillard. He is not going to be the same guy that he was. I think he is going to not necessarily tank the season, but I don't think he's going to be trying as hard as he could. And uh, I'd be very surprised if, if the Heat make the playoffs. I think they're bound for the play-in play game again. And maybe they win it, maybe they don't. But I don't think they're making the playoffs. I'll tell you what, if they're in the play-in game, there's no way – you bet the other team. 
when when the yeah, ball is about agree, to tip off, you're not you, going to yeah. bet the other team. Oh yeah, no, because it's I want like the uh, Pacers or the or the Hawks. Yeah, it, I agree. I agree with you there. I do. Uh, you know, and I love playoff Jimmy. Don't get me wrong, but what did this team do over the the summer? They they got rid of Max Struess. Sucks. They gave you know, Vincent overrated. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Well, You're talking me into have, the over here. Go ahead. You can you can bet that over. I'm I'm sticking where I'm at. Uh, Kyle Lowry at point guard. No. Yeah. No thanks. Tyler Hero. I I know you and I have disagreed about Tyler Hero for a long time. Bam is a great player. Jimmy is a great player. I just don't see it happening this year for them. They got very lucky too. Their shooting was extremely good in the in the playoffs. So it's good and bad every other year. Yeah, exactly. So last year was terrible and they got good in the reg- in the in the playoffs. So I'm thinking they bounce back. You got Caleb Martin who's got more of a role and doesn't have to share time with Max Strus who again sucks. If you look at his numbers, not very good. He, he had more points per game cuz his usage went up, but his shooting went down everywhere across actually his, his free throw shooting did go up, but his three-point and field uh goal percentage went down. You can call me a bitch for saying this because I don't actually believe what I'm going to say, but Tyler Hero is leading the preseason in points per game. And oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. And he did he did shoot 93% from the free throw line. Like, I do think he's like a legit 50, 40, 90 possibility. Uh, I would never go that far, but. Um, well, I mean, he, he hit two of them last year, the 40 and the 90. Yeah. I'm just not a fan. I, I don't I don't believe in Tyler Hero. Feels racially motivated, but hey, whatever. It certainly is. It's definitely <laughs> outfit motivated. <laughs> have, you, have you seen his fitness model baby mama mama? I'm probably sure I've seen her on Instagram or something, but uh tell you what. No she she no. looks nice in her Instagram photos. Yeah, fine. Her. <laughs> he can go somewhere else. But uh to your point about Caleb Martin, I like Martin, but I, I don't think he's going to necessarily be a, as much of a surprise this year for everybody. Nobody really planned on him doing anything in the playoffs, but the Heat always seem to find those guys too. So, you know, kudos to them. I'm, I'm not picking them to make the playoffs. Oh, you think? All right, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to end up like a 43-44 win team. And yeah, they might need the play-in to get in, but I think they figure it out just based on Heat Heat culture, Spolstra, and. The guy who I mentioned earlier, I, I think Bam Adebayo is like, – I love his game. <laughs> I really do. I love his game, and he brings it every single night. So I hear so, you, but I If I, I were mean. to tell you – well, if I were to tell you, though, um, I think it's like plus 300 maybe to make the playoffs or to not make the playoffs for the Heat somewhere around there. Would you be willing to take that ticket? Plus 425. That's That's part of the reason I like this. As in, plus you bet me a hundred dollars, and I pay you four twenty-five. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. If uh, if you were to walk into the playoff play-in tournament with a Heat plus four twenty-five ticket, there's a lot you can do to hedge on that. So, to me, I, I do think this is worth it. Okay, fair enough. I my my, my guess on the Heat is in their range of outcomes it's more likely that they finish inside the top six seed than they finish outside of it, in my opinion. 
I lean to the okay. under because it is a big number. Um, and again, they haven't, they've only went over that number once since 2016, 17. But I think if it goes, like if it hits one of the parallels or the, uh, the, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. If it hits one of the uh, polar ends of the spectrum, I'm mm-hmm. picking them to win, to be the first, the one seed instead of them being last. That makes sense. Sure. And I, I will fully admit, I could be dead wrong about this. Like The Heat could end up being the number one seed for all I know. Right. I just don't trust it. Oh, I hear you. And you made good, good points. And I don't know. You just disagree. And this isn't, if I bet it, it's going to be a low limit bet because I prefer to keep my action in season, regular sure. season games. So it's a I long time to wait. Yeah. Um, Knicks, 45 and a half win, uh, projected win total. Last year, they went 47 and 25, um, made it to the second round where they got beat by the New York, uh, by the Miami Heat. They're actually, um, had a 49 Pythag, which I thought was interesting. Tibbs, back again, loves to run the starters out there. You know these guys are taking the regular season serious. Knowing that, and I'm sure you remember Tibbs being the coach of the uh, Chicago Bulls, your hometown team. Do you have any interest in the over 46 or 45 and a half? Mm, I I don't really have any interest in it. They're kind of like the Cavs to me. I I don't necessarily think they take a step back. They probably will end right around that number. Um, So it's really hard for me to recommend to take the over or the under on it. What if I Um, told you post-trade deadline, when they got Josh Hart, they had the best net rating in the NBA? Yeah, they were much better. Um, And they they don't have what's-his-face seven anymore, Evan Fournier. So that's uh, one guy out of their lineup. Still have him, but he's not going to play. Is he? Oh, he's oh he's really far down on their depth chart. I'm looking at he is he he is fifth on their depth depth chart. But uh, I I mean they have some interesting pieces. I think Obi Toppin leaving is actually a bigger deal than it probably was made out to be. I liked him a lot. Um, Sir, when's the last time you looked at his numbers? When is the last time? Probably last season. Check him out again. You, I don't think you would. I think you would change your opinion. Uh, well, you know, we're going to talk about the Pacers soon. So yeah, no, it, it more. I like his game. I don't think uh, Tibbs gave him a very fair shake, but he almost never does with rookies um, or younger guys. I was wrong last year, though. I didn't think Jalen Brunson was going to be that big of an addition, and he clearly was. He was probably the best free agent signing in the NBA last season. Um, unless one slipped my mind, but um, I don't know. At uh, 45 and a half, I'd probably lean towards the over. Wouldn't necessarily recommend taking either way, though. All right, I'll put your over in italics. There you go. <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks, um, I have a 42 and a half win total. They. What did, what did you take on the Knicks? Over? Yeah, I'm over. Okay, okay. They had 47 wins last year, and I think they got better with Josh Hart, and I think they're going to get better running it back with uh, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, um, you know, leading the charge. I think they have a bunch of guys who know their role. I I am biased, though. Well, I understand. I I guess 
and I, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but they made the playoffs, then they were a disaster, and then they made the playoffs this year or last year. And those are the three seasons with Tibbs. Yeah. So I guess from, from season one where they made the playoffs to not making the playoffs, and now they made the playoffs to this, is there any kind of concern that this nope. is like a pattern or anything? No, absolutely not. not uh, two years ago, the New York Knicks had the worst backcourt in recent memory. Their backcourt was have? Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. It was the oh, worst. Right. It was the worst backcourt. It, if the GM didn't recover so much this year, I would be pounding the table to have him fired. It was inexcusable to have that backcourt and Julius Randle's play. He was terrible. Yeah, it, 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 it just. Nose dove right, right, yeah. right into the ground. But I still consider him a big. I know he he tries to handle the ball a little too much for my liking, to be honest. But I consider yeah. him a big. And like, I mean, we're both of an age and an old school mindset where it's like big, big Z point guards. You got yep. a point guard. He was better the next year. And like yeah. you said, Jalen Brunson balled out. So. I yeah. thought about this a bunch of times, and I just remember that we have the worst. The Knicks have the worst backcourt in the NBA by a by a fucking country mile, like by a yeah. lot. It was it was an embarrassment. So, like, yeah. we we needed Derrick Rose to play like Derrick Rose. <laughs> that's how bad it. That's how bad it was. But, yeah. anyways, Atlanta Hawks forty one and forty one last year got a regular season win total forty two and a half. I'm on the under here. They hired a new coach, Quinn Snyder, who I do like, but I think Troy uh, Trey Young, excuse me, um, ruins basketball, um, and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually with you on that. Huh? If if the flopping rule actually works, right, and they reduce flopping, you can shave what. Three, four points a game off of Trey Young, at least. Probably. I don't know. I can hear the argument for 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 the Atlanta Hawks, but I'm not falling for it. I think this team, it, frankly, I think 41 wins was lucky last year, and I like Dejounte Murray. DeAndre Hunter's pretty good. Clint Capella's like a solid big, but and now I, I can't stand Trey Young. I don't like Trey Young either. Um, I was actually somewhat impressed with the way that the Murray and Young experiment worked out because I was not really a believer that they would play well together. I think they played pretty admirably together. Like it, it didn't seem like they were fighting over the ball or we were confused over who the point guard was or any of that stuff. I, I thought they played pretty well. They did get rid of one of the, um, I guess, trouble spots in their lineup with John Collins because he hated being there and they seemed to not like him. And I, I thought he was a good player, but yeah, they hate he fine. hated being there because Trey Young sucks. He doesn't pass the ball. The guy operates in his own world. Like yeah, yeah. like yeah, DeJounte Murray and him didn't have like friction back there, but it was kind of like, all right, you go. All right, you go. All right, you go. Like there's no synergy there. Yeah, I could I, I guess I get what you're saying. Um the other thing I'd mention is I, I kind of like some of the roster. The biggest issue is though the the Hawks are going to probably score 120 points a game, but they're going to average giving up 123. I mean, they they play no defense. Murray is pretty decent at getting some steals, but I wouldn't really want him to have to guard a, a true scorer. 
Trey Young is terrible on defense. Clint Capella is actually good, but not good enough when he has to protect the rim and guard somebody else at the same time because the the point guards on the other team are getting past Young and Murray. If you go small, so, he's screwed. Right. And then Sadiq Bey is kind of an over or underachiever, I guess. I, I mean, I think his expectations were a lot better uh, coming out of college, and he never really lived up to it. Maybe it was just because he was on the Pistons. But I will say I, I do kind of like Quinn Snyder, and I think that maybe he could push them to 42, 43 wins. Um, so you can you can write me down for a lean on the over uh, for the Hawks. I think they could potentially even win the division. Um, Snyder, just for the record, for everybody out there, since he came over to the Hawks, he's only 10 and 11. So it's not like he came and turned the franchise around, but they were at a pretty downward trajectory when he walked into that building anyways. I think a full season will will give him a little bit of help. Yeah, they have some interesting um, role players. I'll give you that, but uh, he – He's more of a defensive coach, and they're just not going to play defense because they got Trey Young. Yeah. I do so. like Bogdan. Yeah. I think he's a good player. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see him somewhere else. Maybe he'll be traded somewhere else. Uh, Maybe. If they're, not, Maybe. If, if they're trending towards the under, they might sell him, right? Yeah. I trade everybody away. Um, Pacers. The eighth highest projected win total. So the market's saying they – Probably going to be a playoff Make team. Playoffs. Yeah. yeah. 30 and a half. Last season, they went 35 and 47. They had a 31 pie fag. 24 and a half win total entering last year. So cleared that by 10 and a half games. I like the under here um, because outside of Halliburton, who do they have? Yeah. I I would argue, <laughs> actually. Hold on. Let me make sure. Besides Halliburton, I think they have f- four backups. In the starting five, is that is that uh, is that is that too mean to Miles My- Turner still there? That that's not fair to Miles Turner. I think Bruce Brown. I don't know much about Ben Matherin and and Obi Toppin. Certainly backups. I think Buddy Hill is a cancer. Um, Tyrese Hall- Halliburton missed like twenty five games last year. If he misses twenty five games again this year, no way th- these guys go over their win total. Hmm. I I don't know. I don't necessarily think they beat the Bulls in terms of win total, which is kind of what I'm per- comparing this to. Um, here Here's how it could go. I'll, I'll put both ways. So for the over to hit, Tyrese Halliburton has to take an even bigger step. He needs to be more consistent with his shot. He was good last year. He was, I think he was leading the NBA in assists for most of the season. I don't know if he finished leading it, but um, he played really well. He was maybe an all-star. Um, it's hard to remember all these little things about people. Yeah, Halliburton was an all-star. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was really good. He needs to take another step forward. Miles Turner has been talked about as being a trade candidate for three years now. If they're gonna, if they start losing, will he be traded? I don't know, but I like what he does. He's solid enough on defense. He can hit some threes occasionally. You're gonna expect the Pacers to play fast. Buddy Heald, you mentioned, he's 
on their depth chart now. He's not even listed in the starting lineup anymore. Cancer. Um, well, I'll Good disagree shooter. with that. But and the re- the reason I say that is because they were actually trying to extend him from what I heard, and they just couldn't come to an agreement. So now they're looking to trade him, and that's what the the whole thing is. So I like Heald. I think that he can be really beneficial, but. They're, the other guys, we already literally kind of talked about Toppin. Um, I, I think he could be very good if, uh, you know, now that he has a chance and he's not under Thibodeau's thumb of one mistake and you're out for five games because that's just what Tibbs does. The yeah, other and he two also guys, wins games. <laughs> yeah, regular season ones. Um, Take it easy. Look, I love Tibbs. It sounds like you it. Know, sounds like you Chicago, hate him. No, Chicago guy, man. I, I loved him. But I, I was upset when they uh, fired Tibbs, but I kind of get it after watching him do the same thing at every single place that he's been since. So, Which is believe in his guys? Which is not win anything <laughs> other than the regular season. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever. So, anyways, uh, the other two guys, Benedict Matherin was legitimately a rookie of the year candidate for the first month or two of the season last year. And I think him in the starting role, I, I, I think he'll open some eyes, but again, he's going to have to take that same step that Halliburton took from like his first or second year to, to this year. The one guy that I just don't understand is I've read so much stuff about Bruce Brown this year. Like he is the best player in the NBA. The nuggets talk about him. Like he is, he, he was the most amazing player in the world. And he was the whole reason they won the NBA championship. And he's on the Pacers. He got a pretty good contract. I just don't, I don't see why this guy is getting so much love. And I don't expect that him to be like revolutionary for this team. Yeah. So, you know, the comp that I would make for him, you know, that Kyle Juzjic guy, the fullback from the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. it'd be like if a team got him in the offseason, like, yeah. oh, this is going to help their team. Like, eh. yeah. is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, He's good. Like he, yeah. know, he's a good player, but I don't but is know. Is he a starter? Is he gonna, I mean, he's gonna catch a ball or two a game? Yeah, I don't think. I don't yeah. think he's a starter. I don't. I don't. I think. I think he should be coming off the bench somewhere, be a sixth man or something. But so if if Halliburton and Matherin take a step forward, another step forward, and Turner stays there whole year, I think they can get the over. I just don't know that that is going to happen with this team. They're still not going to play any defense. They're still going to be inconsistent with their shooting. Have you looked so, at Halliburton's numbers? He yeah. averaged twenty-one and ten. <laughs> like for yeah. him to take a step forward, that's asking a lot. I I'm mostly talking about his actual shooting percentages. So like last year, he shot forty percent from three. Dude, he's a, he's another fifty forty ninety guy, a candidate. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I guess I guess you're right. Yeah, last year he was forty nine forty. And eighty-seven. Yeah. So again, like maybe, if you, maybe I should, maybe I should rephrase it. You need that Benedict stuff needs Mather. to translate to well, but it needs to translate to wins. He okay. can be good individually, and they can lose, but he he needs to be able to get it so that his team can win, even while he succeeds. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, last year there were twenty-eight and twenty-eight with him in the lineup. So what were they without him in the lineup? 28 oh, and 28. So without him, they were 7 and 19. Ugh. 
Yeah. yeah, if he stays healthy, there's definitely a case of the over. All right, fair enough. Um, next team, Brooklyn Nets, over under 37.5 wins. They they were 45-37 last year before KD and Kyrie just completely nuked them. Post-KD trade, they were 12-15, and 20, 22nd net rating. Got swept out of the playoffs in the first round by the uh, by the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm intrigued by their length. I don't want to do the whole Ben Simmons thing again, um, <laughs> you know, because he's a lost cause. But they they don't have enough three point shooting. They got rid of Joe Harris. They got rid of Seth Curry. They didn't replace him with three point shooters. Patty Mills as well, who's another like three point shooting role player. Uh, the Japanese dude Watanabe. So yeah. You know, the three-pointers are huge. And when they got rid of KD and Kyrie Irving, they kept the same amount of mid-range shots, except for that was Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> like Cameron Johnson, and like Nick Claxton floaters, like shit like that. Like, eh, I'm going, I'd go under 37 and a half is what I'm getting at here. What do you, th- what do you think? So I actually am on the over for this one. Oh, you SOB. Well... Look, you know, I'm not going to say I'm proud of it because I'm not. But part of this is also because they kind of remind me of, like, the Jazz from last year where it's going to be a group of guys who, like, they've been pretty much cast off from everybody except for maybe Bridges, who people would instantly take on their team if they could. But you got Ben Simmons. I would drive – I would fly to New York – to drive R.J. Barrett and three first-round picks to Brooklyn <laughs> to pick up Mikael Bridges. Yeah, that would actually be a really good pickup for the Knicks, too. Oh, yeah, for the Villanova connection, the vibes would be high. You got Brunson, wow. J- Josh Hart, Mikael Bridges. They, they yeah. work well together. They all do different things. Bridges yeah. plays some of the best on-ball defense in the NBA. So. Great shooter. Head doesn't miss a game. Um but that, this is that's part of it. I mean, Simmons nobody wanted, Dinwiddie nobody's wanted. They've all talked crap about them. Like, yeah, you know, Cam, Cam Johnson, he is actually more of a three point shooter, I think, than than you're mentioning. Bridges will shoot threes. Simmons won't do anything other than be the dunk spot where he's just going to stand underneath the basket and hope he gets a rebound and and can put it up or something like that. But Dinwiddie's not bad. I I like their depth. But to me, actually, one of their bigger things is they have no reason to lose games well i like, mean i think being bad is the reason that's that's what i'm getting at i i get what you're saying but i just in thinking about like motivation and everything this this team doesn't have a first round pick for whatever feels like you know like 10 the next 10 seasons so like the only way for them to get better overall is for their team to actually just do well I mean, it's not going to be coming through the draft. Have you looked so. at their depth chart? No, oh, I'm looking at it right now. Because if Ben Simmons doesn't play, that means Dennis Smith is the starting point guard, according to the hoops hype depth chart. I don't know what you're yeah. looking at. I'm looking at ESPNs, but I mean, Lonnie Walker's there too. I think he could do it. Cam Thomas is. Cam Thomas might be a legit candidate for sixth man of the year. Yeah, I don't know how many bets he ruined for me last year, but uh, it's definitely more than two. I would have to Remember edit all the specific. curse words I would hurl at Cam Thomas. <laughs> I hate Cam Thomas for, for that exact reason. I, yes. I hate his guts. I actually yeah. bet him 150 to one to win Sixth Man of the Year. Dude is this year? last year. Dude is an automatic mm. bucket, automatic yeah. bucket. But there's something there. 
Like he's yeah. so good offensively and doesn't play enough. There's, there's like yeah. a, there, there's a bit of information we're not getting where he might, he might be like an asshole. <laughs> he might yeah. be like a, just a terrible teammate, yep. but Cam Johnson shoot threes. Mikhail Bridges can shoot threes with you there. Royce O'Neal as well. Yeah, Dodo. I, you I, know, I, I can see it. I can see it. I, I, uh, I'm going to take the over, uh, 38 wins. I think is what they need, right? It's 37 yep. and a half. Yeah. 38 wins seems pretty reasonable to me. You're still under 500, but you're probably within the playoff game re- or play in game reach. Um, that kind of thing. So, so you're uh, going over yeah. here. I'll go over. Damn dog. What did you say in the Knicks again? Uh, I didn't actually have a play one way or the other. You gotta pick. Um, you gotta pick. You gotta lean one way or the other. I, I and I already gave funsies, you X's on the Seventy Sixers. I won't even hold your feet to the fire on that one. <laughs> uh, give me the over. That's fine. Okay. Well, you have six, five overs and two unders right now. Well, wait. I don't know if that means anything. Like what do I have? I have three overs and five unders. So what do I? What do I know? Um. I gotta start getting some overs in here. All right, so you're on the over for the Nets. I'm on the under. Mine's more of a lean, though. You're you, they were they were also twelve and fifteen, by the way. When since the trade, the Nets. Yeah, that's what I with, said. Uh, Bridges. Oh, where you? Uh, my fault. I must have missed. It. Yeah, that's not good. That trends towards the under, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But another year continuity. I again big running back guy over here. I love running back. So I. Hey, he kind of uh, he kind of made me see the light a little bit, so I changed it. I, I put my under in italics. The hmm. Chicago, there's three teams with a 37 and a half win total, and the Nets are the first one. The Bulls is the second. 37 and a half wins last year. They were 40 and 42. They actually had a 44 Pythag, so they got a little unlucky. Um, all five starters are pretty durable, actually. Pretty sure Levine and DeRozan missed like a combined ten games. I don't know if you're looking at it now. I'm pretty sure Vucevic didn't miss a single game, or Patrick Williams didn't miss a single game. So they're pretty durable, but they have a bad like shot selection. They're 30th in three point attempts, 29th in defensive three point attempts allowed. They live in the mid range, which is hard to sustain. So I don't know. This is one of the teams that I, I candidly I'm not sure even how to where to, I don't know, lean over or under. So I'm, I need to be nudged one way or the other. What are you, what are you thinking? You're not going to like my answer. I don't I don't like this at all, and I'll tell you why. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, even Alex Caruso, even Patrick Williams, all five of their starters may not be on the team by the end of the season. You think in trade deadline sellers? Yeah, yes. I mean, I think it's very possible that all of them are gone. Um, so I guess just by default, that would be the under that I lean towards. But they were also healthy. I mean, you were talking about uh, the durability. They were healthy last season. That's not going to be the case again. I think Alex Caruso played more games last season than he's ever played in his entire career. Uh, yes, he played 67 games last year, and that's – his high before that was 64. Um, but they also were missing um, their number one point guard, Monzo Ball. 
Yep. So and he won't be back. 80, maybe ever yeah, again. Yeah, eighty-two games. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I like that kid Ao Desuma. Yeah, he's fine. But he's a he's a bench player. Yeah, he's he's a second stringer. I mean, that's the thing. He'll he'll be fine. But Alex Caruso is not a point guard. Like he he's a defensive specialist who's being used as a point guard right now. So I will give Zach Levine credit. He was awesome late last season. He pretty much carried them into the playing game and then carried them past Toronto and almost carried them past the Heat. Uh, so got to give him credit, but it's I, I don't know. It's just not going to happen. I don't have much hope for the Bulls, and I, I'm a Bulls fan. So um, the one other thing I'd say I, I like credit, you know, to give credit for is Billy Donovan is trying to almost like replicate what the Nuggets are doing, and they're trying to run the offense through Vucevic so that he touches the ball much more. Um, and it seemed like it was working better last year than, than it had been. So um, maybe there's a little bit of possibility there that it could click and they get to 40 games or something. But again, I, I mean... I think they're going to just try and blow it up at a certain point and say, we're going to go back to the, through the lottery. Yeah. He honestly didn't move me either, which way I'm still kind of torn on this one. Yeah, I get it. He made a great point about them probably being trade deadline sellers. Um, yeah. I will say though, I'm still very, very mad at Zach Levine. He made some absolutely just I almost said it, uh, the wrong word. He he made some really bad plays down the stretch of games and like would cost the Bulls wins. Yep. Um, there was that one game against the Pacers, I think, that me and you were both on, and he committed like three turnovers in like 15 seconds. I wasn't even sure how it was possible. Like, <laughs> I have to go back and rewatch the game. Uh, I think yeah. I'm misremembering to a certain extent, but he vomited all over himself and just took mine and your money and set it on fire in the middle of the uh-huh. United Center. Or maybe it was the bank field house, banker's field house. But still mad at him about that. Since I have to give an official play, I'll side with the Chicagoan. The Chicagoan and go with the under. Chicagoan? I like it. That's the thing, yeah. right? All yeah. right. The other, the third team with a 37 and a half win total, the Orlando Magic. They won 34 games last year. Bad three-pointing three-point shooting team they have no point guard i do not count anthony black as a point guard i watch him in arkansas absolutely not a point guard um maybe paolo bancaro could be their de facto point guard but i lean to the under on this one what do you what are you thinking um i mean they kind of remind me of uh the pistons from last year like everybody was hyping them up quite a bit and uh, yeah sorry to bring that up but Oh, don't worry. I'm going to hype him up again in a few minutes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I actually do like the, the magic. The thing is, though, it, I'm kind of worried about how they start playing, um, how, how defenses start playing Franz Wagner. Because him being in Germany and winning the thing, I, I think some of these players are going to kind of take it out on him this year. Um, I like Mancaro. I like Suggs. I like Fultz enough. I mean, I think they're going to be competitive. I think they should probably be in the play-in tournament this year. I I guess by that, I would lean towards the over. Yeah, but, got to. 
I'm not I'm not necessarily uh, sold on playing it. Uh, they had the third best ATS record in the league last year, 45-33-4 against the spread. Is Steve Clifford yeah. still their coach? Ooh, good question. Uh, I'll look it up. I got it right No, here. no it's, it's Jamal Mosley. Yeah, yeah, Jamal Mosley's. I'll lean to the over here. Oh, man. I just, I'm just annoyed because, like, the NBA hipsters liked the Magic last year. And they really weren't that good, but they were they weren't bad either, right? And competitive is a good way to put that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were competitive, so I'll lean to the over on this one. But I don't have much analysis, so let's just move you're forward. Not, you're not looking for much more out of them either. Thirty-four wins last year. Yeah, I'm just I'm just iffy about their three-point shooting stuff. You know what? I take it oh, back. Yeah, I take it back. I'm going under. Going under, but it's a hey, lean. It's your show. Do whatever you want. Yeah, it's, it is outkick bits with Jeff Clark. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Toronto Raptors, thirty-six and a half wins. They had a f- four. They were forty-four and uh, forty-four. Excuse me, forty-one and forty-one last year. Forty-six and a half win total. The point guard situation went from bad with Fred Van Vliet to worse with Dennis Schroeder, FIBA champion who I absolutely despise. Can't stand that guy. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much like lamer DK Metcalf on on the uh in, in, in the NBA. Like he gets stupid, untimely uh technical fouls. Have a new and unproven head coach. Have nothing have no idea what to think about that. They were twenty eighth in offensive effective field goal shooting last year and twenty ninth in defensive field goal uh effective field goal shooting last year. The only reason they were 41-41 is because they were nasty at turning the ball over and nasty at forcing turnovers. I, I just remember that because any team they played with bad ball security, I would just take the Raptors. Um, again, we talked about my track record or how successful I was betting the NBA last year. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't even brought that up. But mm. uh, I do think this team is at least five losses worse. And... You mentioned Chicago Bulls being trade deadline sellers. They have oh, their yeah. whole team is upcoming free agents, mm-hmm. all, like pretty much all of them except for Scotty Barnes. So, yeah, and they're going to rebuild around him. So, yeah, and I'm not even sure that's a smart idea. To be honest, we'll see. But he took a step back. Yeah, OG and Anobi. He's they've gone. been they've been trying to trade him for years. They're going to eventually trade him. I I love Pascal Siakam's game. Um, you know, and I think he's going to be end up being moved. So, yeah, I think it's kind of like just a a placeholder coach. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being racist towards Eastern Europeans. Um, but I'm going to go under 36 and a half wins. I am with you. I agree with you completely. There's very little else I would say other than uh, I don't think they have any depth whatsoever. I, uh, it just doesn't like feel it. right. Yeah, I just. The, I have ten. The I have other, ten unders right now. Jesus, that's, I, a, that's I, like that doesn't even seem possible. <laughs> Somebody in the East got to win some games. I Jeff. am. I am yeah, apparently, the Celtics are going to win seventy-three games next year. 
Um, you know what? I yeah, I'm gonna have to switch my heat over to an under with a lean. I'm gonna put that in italics. All right. Oh, there you go. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, like, I'm the scourge of the NBA Eastern Conference. Um, no, they suck. No, 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 they suck. <laughs> the uh, the Raptors are just one of those teams, though. That like I. You know, when I think they're going to suck, they're going they end up being awesome, and when I think they're going to be awesome, they end up sucking. So I don't know. I still think they're going to be under, but I will just blatantly say I don't have a great track record on them for futures, at least. So, italics under lean. Yeah, that's fine. All right, Hornets thirty-one and a half wins, huge drop off from the uh, Toronto Raptors, thirty-six and a half. Their regular season win total was 27.55 last year. Uh, they were 27th in net rating. I've heard Zach Lowe make a case for them going over, and it was pretty solid. And essentially it was like they won 27 games and they had yeah. no Lamella Ball, no Miles Bridges. They were missing a whole bunch of people. So that's a pretty good yeah. one. Um, I want to be a Scrooge on this one and lean to the under because I hate Terry Rozier. <laughs> and I don't really like their roster outside of the mellow ball. Actually, I do kind of like Brandon Miller, that gun-toting maniac. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe you can talk me into one direction or the other on this one. So from what I'm seeing on DraftKings, it's 31 and a half. I actually would play the 30 and a half over because um, I do think that this lineup has some pretty talented players how well they will play together, I think, is a big question mark. But Ball, Rozier, Hayward, who all of them are likely to probably miss some games. And then Brandon Miller, I think, is at least going to be a good addition. Um, so I, I kind of do like this team. Even Bridges, you know, coming back is a big deal. I, you know, can't give him a pass for what he did, obviously, but... Um, as far as just on the court, he's got talent. So I think it's possible for them to win 30, 31 games. So, yeah, I'd take over. I'd uh, Like I said, I'd, I'd bump it down to the 30 and a half. It's a little more juicy. It's minus 130, but I would take the over on that. Now, you, agree, you made a great point. Um, we condemn domestic violence here on the Outkick Bets podcast. So Miles Bridges, not a chill dude. Um, no. Hornets. I'm gonna do it. I'm addicted. I'm addicted. I'm going under. I think this team oh my sucks. <laughs> Dude, I, how many? How many unders is that now? Um, uh, hold on. Well, I adjusted the Miami Heat under. You took an over. You hear the clicks? Over? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. He's just uh, bouncing around everywhere. <laughs> ten of the six. Ten of the fifteen teams in the East I have going under their win total. Don't maybe don't bet anything that I'm saying here. Uh, just <laughs> just wait for my random. They're all leans. They're all leans. <laughs> oh, not the Knicks. That is a that is a bold over right there. Um. All right, Detroit. Another bold over. Let me bold that right now. Detroit Pistons, twenty-seven and a half wins. Last year they were seventeen and sixty-five. They did have a twenty-one Pythag though, so you know. Based on point differential, they should have won four more games. Still well below their regular season win total this season. Uh, I have two notes here. One, 
Cade Cunningham is a superstar. And two, <laughs> Monty Williams is a good coach. That's what I got. Uh, I just can't. Yeah, I, mean, I dude, I, I'm like one of these guys who, especially when it comes to like projecting players out of the draft, I'm not going to move off of it for at least a few years. Cade Cunningham sure. was he the rookie of the year? I think he was, or was it Evan Mobley? Might have been Evan Mobley. It was Scotty Barnes. Jesus. Okay, whatever. Cade Cunningham <laughs> was a sensational rookie. He got injured and wasn't looking great before his injury, even though he's kind of battling the injury, you know, for however many games he played in the second year. This year, I think he's good. I think he's good to go. And I think he's going to come out and prove me right and be a, a goddamn all-star in this league. And I think he's a franchise player. I think I think his ceiling – Man, I love this take. I think he is a better def- he's a better defensive version of Luka Doncic. Get the hell out of here! Man. <laughs> Get out of here! I you're said nuts. it. No, I you're said not, it. Well, I think you're nuts. All right. So you disagree? You're going to go under here? Uh, no, it's not even that I disagree. I, I disagree with your take on Cade Cunningham, but uh, I mean. I would probably say under though. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You're talking about, you're talking about a 10 game improvement. I know how many games did Cunningham even play last year? Like 10, Um, 12. So you make me sick. He he should make, he should make a difference, but you know, you're talking about 10 game improvement from this team. That's that to me is a little hard to see. They, They didn't really get deeper. I think they should probably be competitive. They're not going to be playing for the play-in game. They're going to be a lottery team. I'd lean under. I don't even think they got the better of the Thompson brothers. So, Dude, did they play in the G League? Uh, the, yeah. The, the Ignite League or whatever? Yeah, I, whatever it is. How yeah. do you know either one of them? Come on. I mean, I guess I don't, but... Uh, they, they don't they look alike? Aren't second. they twins? Maybe they're gonna pull a Morris brother. Well, who took him first? Who took the first times? That was the Rockets, right? The Rockets. Yeah. What, what the hell are they now? Yeah, I guess probably nothing. I mean, they just traded Kevin Porter Jr. today for like, <laughs> for nothing. Hey, so we condemn get waved. We condemn domestic violence in this podcast. Yeah, his girlfriend came out today and said she never got. He never hit her. Okay. I, I wish that young couple the best of luck in their future. James Wiseman, yeah. dude, they bought stock in him, and he, he can play a little bit. Mm, he can. He they should got, be a good work in progress. They got Joe Harris and Monty Morris, a couple of nice vets that can help space the floor for Cade Cunningham so he can average 10 assists per game next year. Bojan should be, uh, be able to put up a 30, too. Cade Cunningham dunking over everybody and and Luka Doncic shooting from half court. I'm picking up sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, oh. I guess I'll spend all this Pistons money by myself. I'm not going to invite my friend David Troy to the party. Last That's team right. here. I'm sure you're going to go under these guys, you schnook. The Washington <laughs> Wizards, 24 and a half regular season win total. They won 35 games last year. They got rid of their three best, three of their best players by on-off net rating. Bradley Beal, 
who is empty calories, Kristaps Porzingis, who's mostly empty calories, and Monty Morris, who's going to back up Cade Cunningham and do a great job in doing so. That's right. Jordan Poole is a negative player. I am so long on that. I am everyone who badmouthed Jordan Poole jumped on my bandwagon last year. All of their starting five are backups. I, 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 I truly believe that. Let me go. Let me let me scroll down. There. No, you're you're absolutely right. Wait, they got Denny Ajvada, Aj, Kyle Kuzma, who could be a. a, a a starter, but is much better as a backup. Um, Daniel Gafford, who is the most stereotypical backup big in the entire league. Jordan Poole and Tyus Jones, who is a lifelong backup. It's square to go under the shortest win total, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go under 24 and a half. Yeah. I don't know how you can expect anything out of this team, to be honest with you. Like look at their second, second unit. Milan Wright probably shouldn't be on an NBA team. Corey Kispert should only be playing if you absolutely need some guy who can hit a three occasionally. He should be like the uh, three-point contest lifer. Remember like the Jason Capono? Like whatever happened to that guy? Why not? Just like Steve Novak. Like he plays 20 minutes for the entire season and performs in the three-point contest. Yeah, well, how about these two last guys on their team? Danilo Gallinari and Taj Gibson. I'm pretty sure Danilo Gallinari doesn't have a knee left. Both Taj, of them should be retired. Taj Gibson's older than me. Yeah, Gallinari is 35, which is younger than I thought he was. But yeah, Taj Gibson is 38. He Danilo is Gibson, older than me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Gibson doesn't care. <laughs> he's he's like, okay, you guys are gonna give me a check. That's fine. I'll I'll come out for you know 15 minutes a a week and play basketball for you guys and just sit around and travel in the NBA, fine, no problem. And to be fair, out of all the role players, I kind of like him the most. Yeah, because he's had some experience in a real player. Like, I mean, he's going to give you a solid however minutes oh, he plays. It's just yeah, it's probably going to be effort. like seven of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to watch uh, Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma have these like unspoken shooting contests between each other each game. Uh, so... We'll see. We'll see. Jordan Jordan Poole will probably end up putting up like some games where he puts, you know, thirty six points up on seventy two shots and everybody will be excited about it. But I don't know, man. There's not much to like about this team. I, I if you take the on or the over, you're just kind of setting money on fire in my opinion. So I'd be happy to take the over or the under with you. Um I I am interested in this what is it, Bilal Ulabi? I don't know. I don't even know how to say his name. But uh, he's the seventh overall pick. I'm I'm interested to see what happens with this guy because he does not look like he's got enough weight on him to be in this in this game right now. Yeah. So. Well, according to the depth chart I'm looking at, he's behind Corey Kispert and Denny Advoca. Oh, I'm looking at him as a starter at small forward. <laughs> okay. So, hey, hey, wide whatever. Range. whatever. Yeah, wide, wide range of possibilities, <laughs> I suppose, for Bilal. But him, you think he's going to be having fun playing with Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma? No. No, I don't. But they'll they'll surprise us, and they'll probably win some random games that they shouldn't. And I don't know. Poole is probably out to 
prove a point or something, but you ain't going to get 30 wins out of them. Damn, dude, did you, so, all right, so you have eight overs and six unders because you abstained from the 76ers, so did you, like, do this ahead of time? I mean, I've done reviews for beatingthebookie.com, which I, you know, that's where my package is, so I've gone through all these. Great all organic the plug. Where can you find that? <laughs> beatingthebookie.com. Um, but, yeah, so all my previews are up there, and, I mean, I've been through the teams, but I, I will tell you you know you can read a lot of the same things that i've said in in this podcast but i don't put a lean out for every single team either or the official plays the one official play that i have in here was the uh the nets over and that's in the article as well so you can read about this if you would like yeah i like the pistons over i like the pacers under I'll go with Bucks under. Those are my favorite. And I'll probably write that up tomorrow for outkick.com backslash betting. And I'll be back here tomorrow with an NFL Week 7 podcast preview. And then I'm connecting with David Troy later this week for the Western Conference preview. Yeah? Yeah. All right. And then next week we'll be talking some regular season NBA action, which I can't look. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. So talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace.